Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's episode 107 of Please Advise. Our guest today is Madison Perry, who I, by the way, met through J.D. Shapiro, Jason Shapiro, one of you guys' favorites. You guys love Jason. Um, How do you know Jason? We went to UCB, Mm -hmm. improv together. Okay. We formed an improv team, Mm -hmm. uh, which eventually disbanded. Because that's what happens to all improv yeah. teams. Yeah. And uh, but we stayed friends. We've been friends for like six years. He was one of the people I met pretty early in my LA tenure. And that's so fortunate. I really appreciated Jason Shapiro cosign. Like that's pretty much one of the best recs you can give me. He introduced us because you wrote a book. Yes. Do you want to tell me about that book? I'd love to tell you about the book. Okay. It's a memoir. It's called Available: uh, A Memoir of Heartbreak, Hookups, Love, and Brunch. And in the beginning, I get dumped. Mm-hmm. I was 30. I was living with the girl. Yeah. I was very surprised, although in retrospect, I shouldn't have been, as right. you figure out in the book. And I'd always been a boyfriend kind of guy. Yep. Relationship, relationship. So I made a deal with myself to be single for a year and casually date for the first time in my life, mm-hmm. partially uh, to go to Burning Man. Yeah. Crazy desert sex. Okay. So I did go to Burning Man. There was not as much crazy desert sex as I imagined. I don't know probably if you want to have sex with people at Burning Man. No, I, I learned that there. <laughs> I was going to say there's probably like a lot of sandy vaginas at Burning Man. So many, so much sand and Everything so many vaginas. Everything is sandy and it's hot and there's no way to like set up a date. You just have to be like, we should have sex right now. Right. In exactly. that sand. You're like, let's go over to the blah, blah, blah yeah. camp and fuck in their RV. And I feel you. Yeah. And a lot of the uh, the drugs going on there are not really hookup drugs. drugs. Like straight up heroin. Uh, I did not see any straight up heroin. Uh, <laughs> but I, d- I would like go up to people and be like, hey, what's going on? And they would just, you know, bob their heads. Yeah. Stare yeah, back yeah. at the DJ. I'm like, oh, you're, are you're people busy. fucking openly? Uh, not as openly as you might think. Yeah, there's a like, lot of nudity and like, but most of the music is like EDM techno music, which is not like grinding in the club music. So absolutely. that's not going on. Every now and then you'll run into, some, but people kind of tuck themselves away. There's not much privacy there, so you will run across it. But it's not like a hedonistic, out in the open. People just going at it. I love this too. Like you, I already know things about you that I've learned. I I asked you what your quote orientation was uh, downstairs because you guys, I'm very political now and I ask appropriate questions. Um, But I 
uh, made a made an ignorant assumption that you were gay because brunch was in the title of your book. Yeah. <laughs> I literally that's what I was going <laughs> off of. Was, I was like, oh, he wrote, oh, like brunch. Oh, okay, cool. I want to read his like gay sex memoir. Um, no, okay, interesting. interesting. And then I'm a also, modern, sensitive man. You're married, I'm and married also you married a, a girl with a chihuahua, which I is did. very it was an exciting revelation for me because it sounds like maybe I can get married still, um, despite my dog. And um, I love that you're a relationship guy. I yeah. love that you were until 32. What were the reasons why, just just if you don't mind breaking it down. Sure, let's get into it. What were the reasons why, when you look back on it, that you shouldn't have been surprised that you got done? Because I always, I always, I'm a, I'm a slow burn. Yeah. Like it takes a good eight months to wear me down to the point that I don't want to, I will work so hard to do more than my half of the job. Yeah. So, and I ignore everything. So I realize retrospectively, whenever I go through a breakup, I'm like, Oh my God, I like, how did I live through that horrendous situation? Like painlessly, yeah. what were the things that now that you look back, it's obvious. Uh, sometimes she would literally say we shouldn't be together. Okay. You know, when you're like convincing yep. someone, I had it in my head that all her qualms about our relationship mm-hmm. were her own emotional issues. Right. And so, and it's very, like, it's very easy to debate someone. Like, I'm a pretty calm level person mm-hmm. and, and she was a bit more up and down and energetic. And and so it's very easy to rationally explain why we should be together. Right. And I was an objectively good boyfriend. Like, I wasn't abusive. I was kind. Like, so there's nothing wrong with the relationship itself. It just ultimately wasn't a match, which she sensed at some point early on. And what I sort of saw as acting out or dealing with other stuff. Right. Which may have also been issues. But after the fact, it was like, oh, like she was acting like someone acts when they don't totally want to be in a relationship. Right. And they don't know how to end it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because a lot of people are really good at breaking up. But then when they're in the relationship that they thought was going to be the one that really worked. Yeah. It's like very, very hard to come to that conclusion. And I think it's awesome that you were single for a year. Was it just a year or longer? Uh, It ended up being uh, like a year and a half. Yeah. But it's important that you give yourself that time. I went through a breakup and... You know, I used to joke about it all the time on this podcast, but like I'm very good at Tinder and like meaning that the first person I swiped on my first day on Tinder and then we went on a date like I wound up dating him for like four months right. and he was awesome. And I was like, I'm so good at Tinder. But like the reality was it was selfish for me to be on Tinder. Yeah. And I look back and I feel a great amount amount of embarrassment and sadness <laughs> like for what I put any of those people through like I have not dated in seven months. Um, I'm doing that on purpose. I'm yeah. grounding myself because I shouldn't be dating. Um, actually, yeah. I went on a date with a guy with a colostomy bag recently. But wow. um, and that to me was like, what's God got to slap me over the head <laughs> with next? Like, what is going to be like? I don't want to go to the next level of like, learn your lesson. Like, yeah. that was my bottom. Like, that <laughs> okay. was my rock bottom. Like, that's when I went to dating rehab. Wags just puked in the hallway. Um, so good for you for doing that. Did you do any apps or anything when you were single? Uh, this was long ago enough that it would, the apps were not, they were just on the horizon. Right. Uh, so I was on OkCupid. That was, okay. was, that was the cool hip one at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was great. I actually loved online dating. Are you on the cubes, Christina? Christina's like excitedly grabbing <laughs> her mic. I think it's making a comeback. Have you guys like met on OK? Have you no, guys no, no, no. I just think uh, no. OK. No. I don't think so. Christina. Chapter have you guys- 14. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Um, no, I was just saying like OK Cupid. I was using that one for a while. I think it's so interesting because they ask you, you get asked, qu- they like prompt you to answer these questions yeah. because it's more revealing to who you are and you can find a more suitable match. Right, there's a match percentage yeah. based on those questions. But it was also like the questions were very long. Like, it was like, do you think the sun is bigger than the earth? And yeah. it's like, that's that's true. Like, <laughs> right. why would someone answer no to that? Yeah, sometimes, you know, you'd see someone you're <laughs> well, really the- attracted to and you'd be like, well, we're not a good mass percentage, but I'll figure it out. And then you I'll look at the questions and they're like, the earth is bigger than the sun. And you're like, yeah, that's why. Well, looks good on paper really fucks me. Looks yeah. good on paper is hard to like get back I mean this is why I also am very big on just getting to the date with online dating like because they're I don't I don't do any more than five texts I say this all the time people are like yeah Molly we know five texts but I five texts <laughs> each and then um after that we got to go on the date and if there's no date yeah. then the conversation's done because I don't need I actually am a writer like I'm not giving you my words and my time like <laughs> right. this is not it's not it's not fair to me like especially like some people just like want to like chit chat it up i'm like are you bored at work like i have a life asshole yeah. like I think they literally are bored yeah, at work sometimes absolutely and like so that's why those are an, it's another selfish thing that people do in dating i find though with the percentage thing like that question earth bigger than the sun i think that it would be actually quite telling if someone said yes because it implies that they think they're more important or the universe is bigger than they I think that it has something to do with a person's ego that yeah, that centering question. the universe around them and their planet absolutely yeah. um but I also think that people don't always know how to answer questions honestly well I think I, I started to notice I think it gets worse and worse based on my single friends that right. we all know especially in LA we know what the hip cool answers are mm-hmm. to most questions like how to be into something what are the quote unquote lame things that are cool to be into and, yeah. and, and so profiles end up just kind of being you can't really tell that much from a profile you can basically tell oh this person's been online dating for a while because they right. know how to answer these questions now. Yeah, they like when a guy has his Myers-Briggs and his Tinder, I'm like, ew, <laughs> put your vagina away. Like, I'm trying to make this work. I don't like that. It's very, very, like, pointed. Yeah, it feels like they're like, oh, they'll love this. And it's also because it's like, oh, because 20 other mentally ill women have asked you for your Myers-Briggs, <laughs> which, like, just shouldn't even... I don't need that off the bat. I want to discover who you are. I wondered if I should... Take that before I came into the podcast because it seems to come up. This one a lot, is and I have no idea what it is. Christina's probably like my whole profile is now just a copy and pasted Myers Briggs. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I'm gonna find your profile. Um, I'm like so excited. I'm gonna join OK Cupid tonight, uh, and I'm gonna see if I can find Christina. Um, anyway, I know you probably use a fake name. Like, she, oh my God, I know you have some sick, you have a sick fake worlds on there. You are catfishing left and Looking right. Looking for a dom sub relationship? No. No, <laughs> you are the guy, like you're the um, girl that convinced that guy on Catfish he was dating Katy Perry for six <laughs> years. That's you. Um, no, so uh, I forgot what I was saying, um, but thank you for being here. I'm very excited. Did you bring three reasons why you're qualified to give advice on Please Advise today? I did. Tell me. My first reason is I wrote a memoir about yes. love and dating. Mm-hmm. My second is 
that I listen to podcasts at double speed. So okay. I'm, like double intelligent. I absorb so much information. Can you always hear what they're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm I'm a little tripped out by how slowly you two are speaking. Oh, really? Now, I'm normally <laughs> listening at double speed. Uh, there's some podcasts or hosts or situations like there's ambient noise where I got to tone it down to 1.5, but normally I'm cruising it two times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got too many podcasts to listen to. I do. I listen to a podcast um, that talks about Pretty Little Liars for three hours um, <laughs> every week. I have so I what I it, love podcasts so much. What is so the name much. of this podcast? Bros Watch PLL Two. By oh, the way, wow. you guys, there's going to be a mini app coming up with the Bros. Um, I have to talk about. I know a lot of you've written in about my PLL abandonment and <laughs> I haven't abandoned it I'm just so disappointed by it it's like the kid that's still invited to Thanksgiving but like he's the biggest shame in the family um that's where I'm at with Pretty Little Liars and um but I'm doing I'm having the bros on because I feel like they'll be able to get into some analysis it's getting almost sci-fi over there um do you have another reason did you give all three I do my third reason is I married a woman from Barcelona very cool so I am by yeah, I'm very cosmopolitan by connection. European men and wise, yeah. Yeah. Do you um do you know who Catherine Chloe Cahoon is? I don't. She's an author like yourself okay. and she wrote um The Single Girl's Guide to Meeting European Men. Oh, nice. Um and I've been obsessed with quote European men. Actually, mm. maybe you can tell me why I did this cuz okay. tell me this. I will. I went to a psychic recently. She's not like a psychic, she's an into it and she does like it's almost like therapy where she, I don't know if the information is useful or not or true or not, but it's useful in the sense that I have actually, like I take it not just at face value. I'm like, I have I, if I operate under the assumption that that is true, I will be a better person right. for it. Um, so it's erased a lot of doubts. But one thing she told me was something I always knew. And she's like, I'm seeing your husband. Um, he, okay, he's, um, do you have, uh, have, she said, do you haven't met him yet? He's going to be um, Italian, Hispanic, or Israeli. Mm. Um, and look for his Mercedes. Wow. And don't forget, he's going to be a fiery Aries. And he's like, she, she's like, the fire sign is like coming for you. And I've dated a lot of fire signs. Okay. I'm a cappy. Um, but so are you laughing that I said cappy? Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize I said it till it left my mouth. I was in, and I'm embarrassed. Um, I'm, no, I think it's adorable. I black out when I talk. Um, I have a friend that calls Starbucks <laughs> Starbuckies, and I just think it's adorable. Not Starbies? No. Oh, I call it Starbies. Starbuckies is is longer. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so wait a minute. Oh, yeah. So the other last week I was at a party yeah. and I rarely go to parties. That's also part of the not dating thing. Like I'm right. spending a lot of time at home working on myself because I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Like right. I am a home. I am a single You're woman. who was poetry bought, on the beach. Right. I, I bought a house by myself. That's a cool thing for a single chick. Not a lot of single chicks can say they've done that. I deserve like I know my husband's going to be a god because I don't need one. Like right. I don't have any like reliance issues where it's like, oh, my God, like who's going to pay for my life? Because that's what that's what my big fear was. I think I realized that when Hello Giggles sold, I was like, I have no desire to date anyone right now. <laughs> like I don't ever need a man again. Like and I didn't realize that uh, my big quest for romantic love got canceled out when I had security and it's it's made me wild thinking about it because um 
I have so many friends that have gotten very wealthy and it hasn't had that effect on them. Mm. And I'm like, there must be something I'm not feeling that they are or it's something that maybe I have and I need to give myself credit for that I'm not searching. So um, security was like the number one driver? Everyone has. Eventually he, marrying? Yeah. I mean, I you? now that I look back on it, I think that I definitely, I've never wanted someone to pay for my life. But yeah. like, I definitely always felt a very strong need to be a mother, be in a relationship, be someone's wife, like yeah. have that be a big part of my identity, not my full identity, but a big part of it. And, um, and it kind of started to go away. It dissipated. But this, I did say to the psychic, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really like optimistic. I'm not, not optimistic, but I'm not optimistic that I'm going to get married and have kids. Like I really appreciated when Amy Schumer said, like, she was like, yeah, I kind of, you know, I would like to get married and have kids, but I just don't think it's in the picture for me. Yeah. And like, that's probably true. Like she's in her thirties. Like she's so super focused on her career. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. Like she must really, and I was like, thank God someone said that because the closer, I mean, I'm, I'm only 32. Like, it's not like I, my eggs have dried up and I'm hideous, but like it's <laughs> all, but it is like, you know, of the essence. Um, Do you so think anyway. it's, for you, is it a choice? Like you don't want that anymore or you don't think it's possible to have uh, kind of both at the same time? You know time? how like when you wake up hungover and you're really thirsty? Yeah. And you're like, you want water so bad. I don't want water anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like my entire life felt like a hangover where Mm -hmm. I was so thirsty for water. Right. And like, and now I don't, I don't have that anymore. Like I, do you have an aversion to water? Um, no, but I also like, I'm very, I want that alkaline shit. Like I am very serious about, I dated a guy, Pampy. I dated a guy over the holidays that this is, looks good on paper. He was a lawyer. Uh, who also was a director. Um, he, I don't know if that's good on paper. That you're, no, you're he went doing to those two no, careers. He was a register, yeah. But the fact that he was able to succeed in both of those professions, both of those professions, that's very difficult. Yeah. And they couldn't be more different. One would think a lawyer couldn't be a director, but lawyers are actually fantastic writers. This guy, not so much. Um, but <laughs> sorry, I had to take him out to a lunch where he had me read a script. I'm like, honey, this is shit. Oof. Like you can't. I had to tell him. Yeah. I said because he wanted to go fund me it or whatever, and I said you you only get one chance to ask your friend f- for ten thousand dollars. Right. Like you don't get another. Ten thousand dollars. This better be good. And yeah. I had to tell him it sucks. Anyway, I really couldn't understand that he could at both at both times be amazing on paper and also a fundamentally broken person. Like yeah. I have ne- once we were dating, I always describe it as like I've never seen the wheels fall off the cart faster. Like the second that he was in, he fell apart as a human. Like he shit the bed in the darkest way. And I was like, he didn't even call me on my birthday. Wow. And like, and like, I think he didn't call me because he was afraid to call me because he knew that I would get so fucking angry every time we talked because I was just was like, why are you such a disappointment? <laughs> like, you are just like such a, and I never felt that way. Like I'm such a lover. Like I like will give. I give love to everyone, dude. Was he a disappointment in his like professional other world or just in the relationship with you? Uh, well, after the fact, like he made me miss a flight, and I don't miss flights because I'm a cabbie, and yeah. like I'm I'm very like timely. Like I'll hate myself forever. If why are you interviewing me? What is going on? Uh I Sorry. So so he was the only person in my life who's ever made me miss a flight. And it was it was his fault because he, we were in his town back home and he knew how far his house was from the airport. Yeah. 
And he said, wake me up at 3 a.m. And I didn't realize that when I woke him up, that's the minute we had to leave. <laughs> so I start. I'm like, I am, I'm not packed yet. And I was like, I thought you were going to like brush your teeth and like <laughs> yeah. do some shit. I thought you were just like having me wake you up for like the quote unquote day. Um, I had wags. I had a laptop. I had all this shit with me. Traveling with a dog is a lot. Yeah. Literally, I'm not kidding you. As I ran up to the, uh, what's it called? Terminal. The plane door shut. Ugh. And the stewardess was like, um, the stewardess was like, I'm sorry. She's like, no, she didn't say I'm sorry. She said, no, I can't open the door. She said, it's actually, she said, it's illegal for me to open the door right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is American Airlines. I was like, how dare you call yourself America? I was like, that is, you are not representative of the greatest country on this planet right now. Like, I was ripped shit. The 4 a.m. angry malls is not a good scene. So, um, and also like just indignant as fuck. Like I was so like, and and by the way, true like she should have taken one look at me chick to chick and been like you have a dog you have a computer you have a carry-on not fair to you so anyway and you can break the law once in a while no one's gonna give a fuck i don't think probably the drunk american airlines pilot gave a shit if she opened the the door police were gonna show up yeah exactly right exactly like what is like the fucking high school dropout over at tsa (laughs) gonna come over here and do something to me the one who's stealing like your grandma's prescription pills you're beyond them without a gun tsa doesn't care about what goes on in that airport nope um but anyway getting back to the thing he made me miss the flight and he explained to me at one i was like how have you functioned in all of your life like how have you functioned like you're not doing that i'm i'm maybe four three four steps ahead um, with my thinking, I'm always planning for worst case scenarios, um, because I like to be prepared. And, um, I just, I was like, this is some white boy bullshit. I was like, you're a, I said, this is some white boy bullshit. I said, you are a good looking white guy. Like you, you never are, you're never want for a place to go for Christmas. Cause, yeah. cause straight, okay. Straight white men are viewed as like, the biggest losers in society and that we have to feel bad for them and take care of them even if they don't belong to us. So like, it's always like, oh, is he going to be okay? Like I had an ex who like, I was going through, um, he, I was, I was doing something with him one day and I was like, oh, I was like, when did you put this folder together? He's like, oh, like three years ago, like one of my friends came over and organized my apartment for (laughs) me. And I was like, oh, like, was it someone you were dating? And he was like, no, um, she, she just came over because, like, she knew I was having a hard time with it. And I was like, are you, like, does she want to come to my house? Like, no one has ever done that for me. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like single men are treated like, oh, like, especially dads, too. Single dads are like, oh, look at him. Oh, he's di- he's doing such the right thing. Yeah. And it's like, you Hero. don't get applause for functioning on a normal level like you're supposed to function at that level so anyway getting back to the original i'm story. sorry for all of us i just want to say that i'm so sorry this- apologize now on behalf of all straight white men no and, and by the way i realize i'm saying that to a straight white man but you seem very uh you seem emotional like you seem like emotionally intelligent and Thank i think you. that that's what's missing in a lot of straight white men that really bothers me and also an emotional vocabulary they'll be like i'm frustrated and it's like no you're not frustrated find a better word like find yeah. a better word find the one that's accurate you know so anyway um the psychic told me, look for the guy, European man, blah, blah, blah. I'm at a party two weeks ago. I was there very late. Um, and this guy walks up to me and starts to talk to me. And I 
literally, I turned to him. I mean, I had a couple of drinks in me, and I turned to him. I was like, hey, stop. I was like, I'm marrying a European man, so we're not having this conversation. <laughs> and I turned back to my friend, and I like, I can't believe I did that to a person. First of all, why am I sabotaging myself like that? Maybe I am actively saying, no, I would not yeah. like water. But um, I also don't, I don't, even if that guy's awesome, I shouldn't be going on a date with him right now. It would be selfish for yeah. him. For, it would be selfish for, of me to take someone's time right well, now. It's okay if you're, you could be a little selfish as long as you're upfront about it. And you're like, hey, this is what I want to get out of this. But that's but, what I've always hated yeah. about relationships because you're a relationship person, yeah. right? And like, there's nothing worse than the, hey, I just want to have fun guy. Yeah. Because relationships are fun. And like what you're saying is that you want a strictly sexual relationship. And yes. so I'd appreciate you not trying to appeal to like the weakest part of me and say, I, w- I just want to have fun because yeah. I know we're having fun. What if what if a guy is straight up with you that he wants it? He doesn't use the I just want to have fun. It's just like, I'm not going to be anyone's boyfriend if you're okay with that parameter. I don't date them then. Yeah. Well, and I, in my 20s, I tortured myself with that. Like yeah. I'd be like, oh, but like. I love him, but like, so, but I, you know, I just realized I, the thing that I want the most is to not hurt myself. Yeah. Um, so I am trying, that's what I'm trying to focus on is that like, I don't want to just cause more damage and I don't even go on Facebook. Like when I <laughs> go on Facebook, I look at the landing page, like as if I know I'm about to walk into a room where my friend is masturbating and I have to see it. Like I'm like, oh, like I'm like blocking my eyes. I'm like, don't see anything. Don't see anything. Just go to your page, post the link to the podcast, move on with your life. <laughs> like I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to hurt yeah. myself. So I stopped putting myself in harmful situations like that. Yeah. I did date a guy though who I had to tell him after three dates, dude, I can't do this. And um, I was like, I just don't, I don't see it for us. Like, also, I shouldn't be in a relationship right now. It wasn't that long ago, actually. And his story was that he's getting a divorce. Um, He actually, his wife had moved out two days before our date. Um, (laughs) But it had been over, according to him, it had been over for quite some time. And it actually was the third, it was the third attempt for the divorce. And he said, once she said, like third, once we started to get into the process for the third time, I was like, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Um, and I noted that. And then when I was telling him, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to date you. Um, he said to me, he's like, he started to treat it like it was an open negotiation. Right. Yeah. And he was like, th- he's like, you know, it's like, he's like, you're just really like, you're so fun. And like, like when we kissed outside of your apartment, like that was just like the best I've felt in a really long time. And like, I really need like you right now. And I was yeah. like, but here's the thing. I can't have you need me and I don't yeah. want to be needed by you. And like, you're great. I just can't do that right now. And I realized he's trying to convince. I'm like, you can't yeah. convince someone well, to love I've you. done that in the past. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think guys get really hung up on A, we're like, I feel something. So that means everyone feels this. Yeah. It's important. And B, it feels like a loss yeah. if someone like leaves. So you're like, well, I'll talk you out of it. They say that men fall in love quicker than women, um, which was something that was not true for me in my 20s. Um, but like in my 30s, like I can get I can get a boyfriend. That was a big thing to prove to myself that yeah. I can get a boyfriend. I Because I was like for after my last gigantic breakup that I thought was going to result in marriage, like I literally was like, I can't get a boyfriend. Like that's it. That was it <laughs> for me. Lights out. Um, so that was a big reason why I wanted to get on Tinder to see yeah. if I could find a boyfriend again. Um, but they say guys fall in love quicker than women. And I've found that to be true in my situation. 
Why do you think that is? Well, I think sometimes I think guys are much worse at confusing infatuation. Okay. And romantic, like sort of the romantic butterflies yeah. for love, love. Yeah. Like if we really want to have sex with someone or super attracted to them, yeah. it's not literally like, oh, I just want to bang her. It's just like that power, so much excitement around being around that person mm-hmm. and physical feelings. And mm-hmm. pretty much that's like what is described as love. Uh, yeah. Whether in pop culture, it pre- pretty much all of pop culture, it's like, oh, I got those feelings in my stomach, which those feelings are important, but- like six months later, you won't get those feelings every time you see the person, right? No matter what. Uh, and I think guys are just like, "Well, I'm in. I felt those feelings, so that now we're in love hard, forever." That day, you're right. That day is a hard pill to swallow, too. Yeah, the day that it's like it's the honey. It's I hate saying the honeymoon's over, but there is yeah. like this. There's nothing better than the rush of a, the beginning of a relationship, and uh, I, that is a that's oh god, that's the worst. And like, yeah, you're married. You know what I mean? At the monotony of life, like eventually that sort of wears off. But like, tell me, like, how much work actually goes into marriage? Uh, so right, uh, our marriage has been pretty great. We had a rough week. We got married after dating for four months. Okay. Uh, and so, so you're our- a real malls type. <laughs> I, I'm so impulsive. Okay, continue. I never. I've like am not impulsive in anything except. Uh, Choosing who I will live with for the rest of my life, apparently. Right. Uh, <laughs> there was there was some green card issues involved that right. powered the decision. Um, although you know we were very much in love, it wasn't like uh, we weren't friends that decided to do it. We right. were like in love, and she was going to have to go back to Spain for a while, and mm-hmm. I was like, no. And and so our honeymoon period, like after we were married, was actually really kind of the most difficult part of our relationship, for like six months, because we moved into together the day after we got married, literally. Right. And That's had to figure out deal. how to be roommates. Mm-hmm. And um, but we had been friend. I'd known her since college, so we were friends. So I and I we had a lot of mutual friends. So I knew she was a great person. Like she was an objectively good person, good partner to have around. And so once we figured out the like, oh, I like the forks to go on this side of the tray, kind of like BS yeah. that seems so important. You're like, no, that's not how you f- fill a dishwasher. I'll show you the pr- proper right. way. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty easy so far. Like we don't have kids yet. So life is pretty easy and we both have a good job. So there's not really money pressure. So we have a relatively easy life to deal with. But what I've, what I've found is like she's just a great person and it wasn't just about the infatuation. It was like we would we were friends. We would literally be friends if we weren't having sex and romantically involved. And that's that, awesome. For me, that's is really important. What's your day job? Uh, I don't have one. Okay, I've been living off writing for a couple years. That's now. very cool. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a big that's deal. Good. Actually, it's a very big deal. It is. Um, that said, um, couple of big deals over here. Few, Christina included. Uh, okay, Cupid head. Um, let's take our calls. <laughs> hey, Malls. I met this guy online. He lives in San Jose and I live in Chicago. Um, starting to really like him, but it's hard with him being so far and neither one of us has the means or the will to move cross country. Um, what should I do? Should I stop talking to him before I get in too deep and it's too hard? Or should we keep going and kind of see what happens next? Thanks. Well, if there's not a not a will, then there's not a way. Like, duh, it's just the same thing in reverse. Like, why the fuck do you think that this would work if you neither of you have any interest in making it work? Like, are, are you crazy? Also, where is even where is San Jose, New Mexico? Is it California? South what the of fuck San is Francisco. San Jose? It's south of San Francisco, north of here. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, you should move, but not for him. <laughs> um, what do you think? Yeah, when she said, should I just break it off? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, you should. I mean, if you're the kind of person, like, it's really great to have the long distance thing. You go visit for like a long weekend and you have all the sex and have a really great time and you're like a tourist in his city. If you can do that and not like get attached forever, have fun with it. But otherwise, like, it will basically never happen. You know, it'd be hot if like they're only Burning Man lovers or only Bonnaroo lovers. Like they find their music festival and every year they like reconnect at that music festival. They should. Yeah. Yeah. I think like if you're going to have that connection, you just have to be like, we're nothing until we live in the same city. Yeah. And we can see each other and have a good time. But unless there's a finite end to the long, like long distance, I've known people that they make it work. Yeah. But there's a finite yeah. end to it. It's like, well, I'm going to grad a, school or a whatever. Yeah. yeah. And like, but additionally, like she also said, we don't have the will or the finances. And like, not to say you can't get married when you're broke. I think that a lot of people talk about, you know, when we got married, we were broke and we made it work and blah, blah, blah. Very famous tale. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's smart to date when you don't have security in your life. Like that's been a huge takeaway for me. I definitely, um, for all of my twenties, if anyone asked me to marry them, I would be like, yes, let's go. (laughs) Um, but I, uh, to what I said earlier, I found that kind of dissipating. And that said, like, I really, really, really believe as a woman, especially it's important that you, figure out how if you wanted to if you you should be able to want to move to Chicago like work on your life to get to that place so that you're not your your options aren't limited to something as silly as your finances well also I don't know if she has seen the like visit each other but like nothing is real till you've been in person several times Mm -hmm. like I had a friend who met someone on tinder when she was traveling Mm mm-hmm he was divorced. He was in the army. They were in. They said, that, "I love you" to each other. Mm-hmm. And before they met, it turned out he's married like the whole time. And it's very easy to hide when you live remotely. And like they were talking a lot, like several times a day. You'd think it would be impossible, but he'd be at work and he'd be chatting with her. And then that's so, so depressing he, and so yeah. scary. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Well, how so, how did that how did that realization come to light? Uh, she looked his ex-wife supposedly up on Facebook Mm -hmm. and started to figure out like she was posting all these things that he was talking about. Like I went to this concert with some friends last night huh? on her Facebook page, which I guess was not very privatized. She was at that, you know, right. And, you know, I'm sure there was a little bit of willful ignorance. There are a lot of times with these things. I mean, they're going to concerts together. That's not like, oh, you know, we're civil. We're technically still married, but we're civil. We're working on the divorce. They're hanging out. That they're together. There may have been some unhappiness, but they were a married couple. He was having an affair. Yeah, that's an affair. That is an affair. Wowza. Uh, Yeah, so nefarious affair nefarious i think the only time long distance works is if you were together in the same place and something split you apart and you said well for now we're gonna make it work but eventually we'll be in the same place like there's a time limit on the long distanceness yeah absolutely i think we should take our next call hi Miles and christina um my name is Kristen. i'm 21 i live in texas um looking for some advice I know you can give two shits about, like, my biography or whatever, but I believe context is kind of important because my eventual question is whether or not you think my way of thinking is um, flawed or not. And, okay, so to start off kind of dark, um, I grew up with a little bit of money, nothing crazy, no oil money or anything, but we were privileged. And whenever I was 14, my dad was murdered by his girlfriend, and she was the beneficiary on his life insurance policy, and she stole the rest and, like, whatever. So... um Basically, there was a sharp contrast between money never being a topic in the house and it never being an issue to uh, one day, like the next day, like mom doesn't know if she's going to make a rent. Because even though 
my mom, even after the divorce, my mom has always been taken care of of her man, and now she's 40-something, has five kids, and has never had to really make her own money or take care of herself. So independence was always kind of like, I don't know, just driven into me, you know, like burned into my brain. And so financial stress has been a thing every single day for seven years. Like, I just, every single day of my life, it's just sort of um, the standard, I guess. Anyway, cut to, I've been dating this guy, and he's really, he's like wonderful, he's amazing, he's kind, he's supportive. He has been offering me money every now and then, nothing huge, but um, it's like, oh, you want some folding money? Or if I'm like $100 short on rent, he offers to pay it. I never take it. And it's because I've been offered money before from boyfriends or whatever, but it's never really been a viable option to me because I always feel like they have alternate motives, whether they realize it or not. You know, whether they want to be in the power of the relationship or whether I think there's someone who could one day throw it in my face. It's just never, I've never entertained the idea. The difference is this guy, he just seems, he seems so amazing in that he lives a very pay-it-forward kind of lifestyle. It doesn't really seem like his motive to help me is, like, it ha- it has more to do with him being a good person and less about what he wants to, like, take from me. And, um, like, currently, you know, financial aid, they're being really shitty on their refund, and I don't, I'm not going to have my money to buy my book for a couple weeks. I'm getting behind, and he wants to front the money, and I'm like, no. I'm in emotional turmoil of it. Anyway, do you think I'm even entertaining the idea, like, just because it's, like, I think he's so amazing because, you know, the apple's still shiny and, you know, the sun shines out his ass. And I imagine, you know, new relationship when you're not together, you just assume they're spending their spare time saving babies from burning buildings or, like, or do you think maybe I'm, like, talking myself into it because, like, the the lessening of a financial burden is so appealing because it's been almost mythical since I was 14. You know, as our God, Jesus, has said, Having money is not everything, but not having it is. Um, so I don't know. Do you think this is a black and white thing where I should, you know, like, no, I shouldn't accept any money whatsoever. It should all be me. Or are there shades of gray? Is help a viable option? I, I don't know. I really have no idea. Hey, I just want to clarify something. I actually am fine with all the details, especially if you're very casually going to say your dad was murdered by his uh, wife. And also, I can tell that you're a good person because you kind of were like blase about it. And I feel like that's a very emotionally intelligent response to have like you that you have taken this trauma and turned it into something that you can talk about. And that's a good thing. So I just wanted to say that to you. I do care about your stories. I always ask you guys age, location, sexual orientation are like the best, especially if it's about dating. Um, those are the those are like the must haves. And I'm fine with a little bit of extra. The, the things that I don't like is when people are like, and then I picked up the check. And then one time, like, you know, when people get into the minutia, that minutia, that's like very not interesting to me. I'm going to say this. My opinion might surprise you. As long as he doesn't have weirdness about money, like if he's a cheap motherfucker in general, like if he, when you go out to dinner, if he is like, okay, this is the one dinner we're going to go out to. Like if he doesn't have weirdness around money, take the money, take Mm. it. Because I would do, I would give money to, if I loved someone and I saw that they were struggling and it, and the person was obviously not a con, ar- con artist. Um, and I think that speaks to your character that you haven't been impulsively taking this money. Um, if the person's not a con, con art, why can't I say that word? Con artist. And it's not, and you don't have, like, there's nothing symptomatic there. I think you're okay to take the cash. See, I disagree because the, the cash transaction part of it is weird to me. Like, do you need this money? If he wanted to help out and was just a generous guy, he could be like, hey, I bought you groceries this week. 
hey, I'm going to pick up all the check. Like, there's ways to do it without saying, do you want me to give you money? And then forcing her to say yes or no. Uh, so I, I don't know. I worry about, especially when it's for regular, like your rent's due every month. So if right. you come to rely on that 100 bucks every month, that uh, seems troubling. And especially, and she says, it, it would be nice to have like financial security. I, I don't really, can, until you are in been in a relationship for a long time, it's not joint finances. No, 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 no. It's just you have a, apparently a loan, a, an interest-free loan. Look, uh, from I this mean, guy. I understand it. Well, no, it's not a loan. You never loan money. You give it away. Yeah. That's, and that's a huge lesson you guys should know. Don't ever loan anyone money because you're not. You're giving it to them. You will most likely not ever see your money again. Uh, and if you do, it'll be on the other side of 10 years or something. So someone lent me $1,000 once and it took me seven years to pay them back, but I paid them back. Yeah. Um, and it took me a really long time. And, but I, at the, at the same time, he saved me during that time. He took it like, it wasn't a romantic thing. It was actually just a friend that I was like talking to. He's like, do you want a thousand bucks? And I was like, yes. And it, it was a huge yeah. deal for me. So, um, look like if I think if you're working really, really hard, if you're doing overtime, if you're doing hours and he says like, Hey, like, let me like kick in a little cash. Like, if it's chill like that, for sure. If there's anything parental about it, if you feel like it's your mom putting $100 in your bank account while you're at college, that has a weird parental dynamic. And by the way, when the parental dynamic enters, the relationship is over. Yeah. It's, you can't come back from it because you're viewing each other and like it's Freudian AF. Like you, you cannot, like you can't date your parents. Like you can't. Yeah. So I, if... But if it's, I don't know, like I, I had an, an ex that when I, I was unemployed for a while and I was really kind of like scraping by and my rent was a lot more expensive than it was when we first started dating because I I moved and I had actually moved to be closer to him. And um, he would at both times say like, if you need money, just ask me. But then yeah. if I asked for money, it was like, uh like of resentment there was a resentment there and yeah. i real i i understand like generally from the very beginning of us dating outside of like dinners out he was frugal as fuck <laughs> like and this was a guy that uh, was doing very well for himself so i and i don't like i don't like frugalness in a person because i think it speaks to everything mm. you're an emotional yeah. hoarder you are holding back at all times you are only worried about yourself. You are not a generous person. Like I, if I had one piece of bread, I would give half to my friend. That's just who I am, and I think yeah. that you, everyone, should date that person. And um, I think the people who are cheap weirdo losers should um be alone forever because that's probably much more inexpensive than caring about someone. Um, it is cheap not to care about anyone. You know, no, no Christmas gifts. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I don't know. I think that we're at a crossroads here. Uh, I don't know if we're going to agree on this. Yeah. It's, it's tough to detect. I mean, I have friends who are married and they still keep separate accounts Yes, and people that dive in with joint bank accounts before they're married. Yeah. So I don't know. Finances is a very subjective thing, but I would say if being financially stable is motivating the relationship at all, it's worrisome. Yeah. If you're 100% happy 
and he also happens to have some extra cash to help you out and you've denied, denied, denied and yep. you have no bad vibes, then okay. And you've been together a while. I wasn't, it wasn't clear to me how long they'd been together. She said it was new. It still felt a little shiny. And like, yeah. that makes sense. That could even be the first like six months, you know, when, yeah. when it's like, I still don't know if this guy's a murderer because they always say for the first six months of a relationship, you're dating someone's representative. Right. It's true. They're going to send in the best ver- version of themselves. And then one night they're going to get drunk and they're going to say something really weird six months yeah. in. And you're like, I should probably not date this person. That looks like a red flag. But you're like, eh, I've already done six months. So I'll just hang in here. Uh, those those are the important things to look out for for me. Um, it sounded like you guys are in the shiny, happy new phase, like you said. Um, but, you, you know, you can kind of tell. Like, just use your... Look, you've been you're a person who's been through a lot. People who have been through a lot learn to have good survival skills and intuition. And if you think this guy's character is that of of the type of I don't that of such, what is that? How would I say it? Um, if you think he's the type of guy that would wind up resenting you for this, if he puts way too much of an emphasis on money, if uh, it would be a control thing, if if you know that he has those things, don't take the money. But if you have only seen a pureness and a goodness, why not? I don't know. That's good. But you're probably you're right. There is, I'm I'm gonna probably get blasted for this. Three two three four five zero seven four zero eight. If you disagree with me, call the show and leave a message because and we'll play it. Uh, because I want different opinions on this. I can only speak to my situation. Um, and yeah. Um, I've been on both sides of this. And I think if you like, I don't know. Just call. Just call. All right. Hi, Malls. This is Abby. Um, I'm 25. And I'm from Minneapolis. I live in Minneapolis. Um, I was just inspired to call you. I leave this voice now after my run. Sorry if I'm a little bit out of breath. But I've been thinking about this for a while. And I feel like you maybe have a good handle or have worked this through in your life from what I've heard you talk about on all of your shows. Her runs, please advise specifically. Um, I would like you to speak a little bit more about boundaries and specifically within like relationships with a significant other that you're romantically involved with. I guess you could talk about also boundaries just with friends or family too, but I'm in like a new relationship. It's we've been dating for six months and like we fell in love very quickly and he's the type of person that like what's his is mine he always says that you know if I have to borrow something or I'm very like boundary aware I feel like and I might not be as good as sharing as some people which I want to give with like an open heart but it's just part of my personality I think to separate and compartmentalize things so he's just like wants to do everything together share everything um just almost like we're married right off the bat and I think that's so sweet and he is giving genuinely because he loves me but for me it's sometimes like a little bit too much and I don't it just makes me feel like a bitch or that I don't love him enough kind of when I don't feel the same way or want to get everything together no matter what and here's a this is just a big area where I don't know where to draw the line and when I'm giving too much or too little so if you could just speak on this what you think is a good way to self-guide and know that you're giving enough because I want this relationship to last like it's just amazing so far and I'm just really happy but at the same time I don't want to lose myself and my own identity within the relationship 
Okay, um, you're awesome. Also, yeah, I would like to, anyway, okay, maybe I'll call back, but okay, love you malls so much. You're awesome. Okay, so I know you said you were running, but first of all, the panting was wildly distracting. Um, but secondly, I was pretending you were morbidly obese and that you had just walked from your refrigerator to the couch. Like that was my narrative for you. I knew you were running, but I couldn't help but go there. So um, I'm going to hand the question over and kind of reorganize my brain. What do you think? Uh, I think it's interesting when when people say it's a pretty major issue in a relationship she's talking about. But she says, but I'm so happy and it's such an amazing relationship. I want it to work. And I'm like, are you happy? Because you just described something that sounds like a I actually big difference. Yeah. And it's it's possible to be in love and unhappy in a relationship. And it's like actually really common. I think early around the six months is a good point where like the emotions and the chemicals are receding. They're not gone yet, but you're starting to deal with real stuff. Real life steps in. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, it's cliche to say like, you know. You just know when it's the right person, but you do know when you're happy. And she didn't Absolutely. sound happy. Like whatever the situation is, he may be the kind of guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he was in a relationship right before this one. Yes. And so he dove in and he knew knows no other way to act than as a full on boyfriend. Yes. Like, and and really you should go from first gear to second gear to third gear. Right. But he's in like boyfriend mode. He's in couple mode. And you have to kind of earn that status for it to feel authentic. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I also think that like she probably I mean I'm gonna do some projection I'm gonna guess that she has been in a bunch of bad relationships or guy with jerky guys like maybe her type before was a jerk and this guy's so nice that she's like I can't let go of this really nice guy because he's so nice but girl he's not your he's not your guy and like don't waste his time or yours I have to tell you I only talk about boundaries now because I have struggled with them my entire life. Like my downfall in life is boundaries. I I like literally want to like give my heart to everyone the second I meet them. I'm I, I'm a stove, not an oven. Uh, per Christina's <laughs> analogy earlier, like you, I'll tell you everything within the first five minutes of meeting because you know what? I feel like a liar if I don't. Yeah. That's how bad I am with boundaries. I think. Not disclosing private personal information is a lie. Like, who <laughs> thinks like that? But Me? I, <laughs> you, no, Christine, actually, you're the opposite. You have tons of secrets in your life. You have tons of things you keep private, and you do not think it's a lie to not tell me. Yeah. You, you don't feel that way. I don't think it's a lie to not tell you something. Oh, that's why you said I do that. And I was like, no, I you do don't. that, though. I'm confused at what, as to what you're. You're saying you're, what you're telling me. You do is you tell everyone everything because you feel like you're a liar if you don't. Oh no 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 no. No. Yeah, no, yeah. you're the exact opposite of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. You're very boundaried. And like yeah. you and I have been friends for eight years, and there are questions that I've asked every other friend I have very directly, and I have never asked you, even though I think I might know the answer. And I have never asked you because I know it would be a boundary issue for you. And I respect you have always been a very private person. I feel like you've told me things as on a, on a need to know basis. And I, you know, that, but that doesn't mean at the same time, that doesn't mean we don't have a genuine friendship. Just I said earlier, I was like, I know I've been friends with Christina (laughs) for eight years and I know like four things about her. (laughs) Like, but that doesn't mean our friendship isn't like we have one of the, I love our dynamic because I don't know what our 
we're like, what do we have in common? Like, we're so opposite, but yeah. like, we love murder. We love uh, like sick, sh- sick shit. We're yeah. just like sickos. Like a that's little, I think a little like suicidey. Yeah, uh. eight inches cut. Like we just love weird shit. So I think that's why it works. But and we also love doing this. So this because this was please advise was born out of Christina's and I's interest. But that said. This is she is a unique friend in my life because she is very boundaried and you present as boundaried and I'm the exact opposite. So I want you to talk about this because you are the other extreme. Yeah, I related to this caller a lot. Um, And I don't really know what advice I have for her because like I'm still struggling with like letting my guard down and letting my boundaries down. Mm -hmm. Um, In an ideal situation, I would like to think that if I met someone who was right for me, you know, and then I genuinely love them, that I would let them in. But I know for a fact they would probably have a really hard time even if I was genuinely in love with them i mean there are people my friends have still a hard time trying to get into there it's okay um, to have there be some sort of process by which you are yeah someone, i think a lot of it comes from do. yeah a lot of it comes from i process things internally and mm-hmm. i will spin my wheels on things forever internally because i don't trust my feelings like and this is something that my friend a f- different friend just told me recently like Feelings are feelings. They're not facts. And it took me a long time to really understand that. that. And when she said that, it really hit home for me because, like, I didn't trust my own feelings. Like, do I have a right to feel sad about this is something that I ask myself a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Or, like, is this anger, like, do I have a right to be angry about this thing? And it's just, like, that, and I have to process it internally in order to be able to like speak about it externally. Yeah. So I don't really know how to get over it. I don't really have advice for her. Um, but it just you really have to trust the person. And I feel like you probably maybe have trust issues. Do you guys think it's like the kind of thing where is her boyfriend is like, hey, let's go to the movies with the gang on Friday. And she's like, I don't want to do that. Or it's more intensive boundary crossing of like emotional closeness and secrets. I would say I think it's the latter for sure. I don't know why I keep getting chills talking about this, but just so you know, I've probably gotten chills for I'm also like at an emotional odd high point right now. So I just need to tell you I'm a mess. Um, But see, I would I feel like a lie. Why do I have to tell you that? I don't know. Like, I feel like I have to tell you that I had chills like that would mean something to you. Yeah. Um. So versus my my thing would be like, why do you need to know that about me? Oh, no, I know. know? But you're defensive. Yeah. Like that's here's the thing is that this is defensive. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you this. I'm not going to say that that you are the dud in this situation because you're not like but I just think that it's very obvious that this relationship isn't working for you. The six month mark is a very good time to let cut someone loose. Cut them loose. Like I have looked back. I've been in all my relationships have been like two year relations, two, three year relationships. And um, most of the time I can trace the time we should have broken up to six months um, because I knew we got in a fight. Something happened. And I just was like, that's so weird. There's no coming back from it. But I continued on anyway. You're having weird feelings right now. Let this guy go because there is a girl out there who's dying to date a guy like that. And. You know, that's that's the kind of guy that I want to be with. And maybe in three years, she'll want to date a guy like that. But she's just not there now, which He's is, not which right is for fine. You. Yeah. And, and it, additionally, you're 25. Yeah. Yeah, you're not there yet. I just started becoming more emotionally available to people. And I'm I like, just turned 30. So. Yeah. And I think yeah. if you want to give it a shot, just start being fully honest. Yes. Like, yeah. Doesn't mean I don't love you, but I don't want to do this thing or share this thing. 
And that will either fix the problem or expedite the breakup. You're both right. Both of which are, are good. But usually what people do is like, oh, I'm worried this will break us up. So I will like close in more and more and it just gets worse and worse. That's yeah. the thing is that if you are afraid to bring something up, it's not the right. Well, I, I, I have been so afraid. I used to like grind on it mentally for hours. Like, how do I bring up this thing? I don't want to upset him. Like if I upset him, then it's a whole thing. I should never have been dating anyone in my life that I was afraid to talk to. I should like, how can you have sex with someone you're afraid to talk to about a very basic core issue? Like, that's not a good sign, girl. Like, if you can't say to him, what's up? We're different. Like, can we talk about how different we are and just acknowledge it in the way that you know? Because you also need to know his love language, dude. Like, this is a guy that has a different love language than you. Yeah. And you're probably not meeting his needs either. But he sounds like a very open person. He's really trying to make it work because you're probably great. Yeah. I think it's very common for guys joining the lives often means pulling the girlfriend into their life. Yes. So that might be what she's feeling too. It's not really like you're doing everything together. You're just doing all his shit. I love this point. I love this point because that is another thing people allow themselves to do. I have, oh, this is the boundary issue for me. I will, uh, I'll allow guys to not want to hang out with my friends. I'll allow guys to not ever let me pick the movie we watch. I will allow guys uh, the opportunity to control the radio in every car we're in. Uh, We'll always go see his family. Um, He picks the vacation destinations. And I'm unhappy the entire time. Yeah. But thinking like, well, this is like, this is kind of, I don't know. I think that I'm like, this is cool and new. And I'm learning about these new things. And that I love like exploration and learning and being curious and doing stuff. But that's a really good point. People who don't cherish what's already in your life and like because I have my best friend Ed our friendship can be very overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I always know that I can't trust a guy if he is threatened by Ed because I say you better like be thankful for Ed because I am (laughs) who I am because of him and if you like me you love Ed yeah so um yeah I will say the other thing with boundaries is that like and I've really dug into this fairly recently like you draw them up not so you like to stop yourself from getting hurt so you don't reveal a lot of things about yourself because you're because I'm worried that that person's gonna do something to me that's gonna hurt me mm-hmm. and so I just learned not to trust people for a long time and you know most people the good thing is the good thing is that yeah, you won't get hurt, but you also won't feel any good things either. You miss out on a lot of a lot of love and stuff like that when you operate your life like that. Yeah. So, you know what? That's really interesting you say that. That's only happened to me once and it was my biggest fear when I was telling the person the thing. It's not a story I ever really tell. And the second our friendship started to go awry, it was the first thing she pulled out. And I was like, mm. that is dirty. Yeah. Like I was like, this That's is what I why worry about. You are a fucking cunt. Like, this is what the problem is. That's, is. Yeah, that's what I, that's exactly the scenario I kind of worry about. But it's like, some people are shitty. You're going to get hurt, but it'll hurt, use, it'll hurt less, you know, the more you open yourself up. You can't use a person's humanity against them, by the way. Like, you shouldn't, like, if you're trying to make someone ashamed for being themselves, stop talking to that person. Like, that's, that's a huge sign. Um, acceptance is everything. Let's take our next call, right? Yeah. Oh, we got a letter. Madison, you get to read our letter. Sweet. Hey, guys. 
So I'm a 23-year-old who is still living at home in a suburb outside of NYC and working as a salesperson in a department store. My whole life, I have always been an overachiever until now. I went to a great college in New York for marketing, did a few internships for great companies, excelled academically, all while holding a part-time job. I graduated a year and a half ago, and since then, it feels as if my professional life has been on the decline. Despite going on countless job interviews and networking events and reaching out to anyone I knew that could help, I have not been able to find a job in my field. My next step was to possibly go to graduate school, but I took the GMAT after studying for months and didn't even come close to the minimum score most schools require for admission. Everyone in my life, family, friends, coworkers, all tell me that I have a lot of potential that I'm not living up to. I've gotten conflicting advice from everyone I know about what to do next in my career, so I'm not really sure who to listen to. Many people tell me I should move to a different city because New York has such a competitive and saturated job market. Right now, for the first time in my life, I don't have a plan on what to do next. I just know that I don't want to be working as a department store salesperson in the suburbs for the rest of my life. What advice could you give someone who just wants to start their professional career and get their life started? Thanks. Colleen. Wow. Um, The first thing you should do is stop asking other people because you should do with your life what you want to do. And the way you do that is by knowing yourself. And I know that we don't have time here for you to spend 10 years. You got to get a job. Like, but what is your gut telling you? Like, because by the way, careers look different now. Like you don't have to go to grad school. Like you can literally go get a job at fucking home goods and then write your diary. Like, I don't care. Like go like write your memoir, like go, but have a job. Like you don't, how you pay the bills is no one's fucking business. What someone's okay. So at the same time, they're telling you you're not reaching your potential, but they're like, go move to Ohio. You'll be a star there. Duh. We're all stars in Ohio. (laughs) Like anyone from New York or LA is going to slay in any other job market because we're fucking animals. Like we work hard. Um, and, and that is true. But I do say, you know, like if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. The song's very true. I mean, I would also say probably take some internships on just so you have your building experience in the field. Regardless, I know like it might be hard if they don't pay or they don't pay enough. Um, but sometimes making that transition from graduating college to full time job, you know, requires some more experience. And you never know, like the place that you land an internship might have an opening and down the road. But having gaining experience is never a negative thing. I have a theory that people who go to grad school don't know what they want to do and they're stalling. And that, I, think, I think that was true for like a lot of people post um, economic downfall that we had in 2008. Right. Yeah. But this it's not girl, a professional degree like a lawyer, or doc, even lawyers a lot of yeah. times. But there, a lot of grad degrees don't necessarily guarantee you any more of a job than she has now. It doesn't sound like you're a student. It sounds like you're going to not everyone's a student. I was not. I can't take standardized tests. I'm, I'm like I did great in school. Because I figured out other ways. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I told all my teachers at the beginning, like, hey, like I really want to take your class, but we have to do this my way, which means I'm never going to take a test and I'm only going to write papers. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would rather write a thesis than take a test. Um, so it, it sounds like if, if you've been studying this thing and you want to do it, I don't understand why you like kind of flunked your GMATs or whatever. And it sounds like that must mean you're not passionate about the thing because. Jody Sweeten, for example, 
I know everything about her life because I she's my sister and I love her and I'm obsessed with my <laughs> sister, right? But there's other things in the world that like, you know, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't go be a teacher. I love kids, but I'm not passionate about like teaching kids math. Like I'm not passionate about an, an office job. Like I would rather be a hobo than do most of that stuff. I literally, I, I've lived on like a, 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 I am almost a hobo level. Uh, that was my first eight years in LA was like hobo status. And like, I chose that because that was a better option for me than trading my soul for a paycheck. And that's, to someone like me, that's what it would feel like doing. Um, and a lot of people might call that selfish, but you don't have to worry about anyone but yourself. And if they're worried about you, they're not worrying, worried about them, themselves. And like a lot of times parents project shit on you because they wish they did it or because they're f- afraid for you and they think that if you take um, a not calculated leap or something that makes very much sense, like, oh, yeah, go to grad school and, or law school and get the degree or whatever. Parents get afraid and they give you this. They give you the advice a person who's functioning at, from fear would give you. And um, fear based decisions are always wrong. So I don't know. And to make this caller feel better, uh, a lot of 23 year olds do not have any job. So you have a job. I know it's not the job you want, but you're yeah. making money. Like you should be proud of that. You have ambition. And it's tough because after college, I think you like get spit out and you're like, all right, world, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'll sound like the, the old dude, but once you get into your 30s, you're like, oh, the 20s is a lot of bouncing around for yeah. most people, figuring yeah. out what you want. It's you're hard. A mess in yeah. your 20s. And also, like, don't compare yourself to someone else. And it's like Leslie Grossman said that it's on the pod, like, when she was on her first episode, but comparison is the thief of joy. Oh. And so, like, I know it's easy to look around like this person got this job, this person just got promoted and I don't even have my first foot in the door of this career path that I want to be on. Like you are (laughs) – my mother used to tell me like your brother's your brother and you're you. Like don't compare each other. To compare is despair. Yeah. Like it's brutal. What Don't – don't – I really feel like you need to ask yourself a question and that question is – what do I really love and what do I want to do with my life? I would feel so bad if you put yourself in horrendous debt or continue to study for a test that you're never going to do well on. And just know yourself. Admit to yourself, this is the way I am. And and love it, by the way, because everyone in your life seems to think the world of you. So go shock so, them with what you can do. I think this person does not – she needs to worry less. Like she should go get some bullshit job that is fun – but isn't a career path. And it's probably the first time in her life there's not another grade, another class, another like honor roll to make because you're not in school anymore. So like go do whatever you want. If you don't want to work at a department store, probably doesn't pay that much. Go find some other job that you do want to do in the meantime that doesn't pay that much. At the same time, only really do that if you know who you are and you know what you eventually want to do because otherwise you're just mucking up your resume with like, oh yeah, I graduated uh, with a $100,000 education and um, I worked at TGI Fridays for five years because I was afraid. Like Fridays has a great management program. Don't <laughs> You can work at Fridays. <laughs> They're but re- you gotta have a side hustle. Their, they're revamping their restaurants to not have much shit on the walls anymore. That's probably a job. It's, it's like really chic she could get a job taking shit off the walls. Yeah, at TGI Fridays. I TGI. Take There's all a that, lot of shit on those walls. There's like a lot of antique stuff, actually. <laughs> I don't. I want you to dream bigger. 
I'm really like I want follow up with us. I'm probably a bully. Like I also chose a very extreme life, but you're a writer too. Yeah. So what, like she said she went to school for marketing, right? And really wants to do that and just can't get a job. I don't believe she really wants yeah. to do it. Mm, okay. I'm being honest. Sniffing it out. Oh yeah, the marketing community out in Iowa, so great. So great. <laughs> You need to be in New York or L.A., but if the people in your life are telling you you can't compete in this business, yeah, that is palpable, my friend. You need to listen. I've had to break to friends the hard way. Like, dude, I love you, but like, I don't think that this is what you want to do. And like, I yeah. can help you pinpoint what you think you might want to do, but like, this is not your natural talent. And everyone has one. Yeah. Everyone has a natural talent. Um, and I feel like writers are spoiled because we're born knowing what we are. Yeah. Like I've never not been a writer. And like that is, um, you know, that's like the luxury of also picking the most ridiculous <laughs> career ever yeah. is that it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. Most people don't get there that easily. But I know you have a passion and a talent, you know. I probably would work in marketing. Like I always want to work in Dunkin' Donuts marketing. If I was like, if I'm not a writer, I move back to Boston and I'd work in marketing at Dunkin' Donuts. What would you, um, what would be a tagline that you'd write for them? I'm not giving away for free. <laughs> I won't be doing that today. Uh, and that's Whoa. another thing. Work for money. Like yeah. get your internship, learn. It sounds like you might need to do some growing and learning, but uh don't let people take advantage of you. You're young and people love to take advantage of 23-year-olds. I think, understand, a lot of times it's harder to get a job than it is to do that job. So, like, the fact that you haven't gotten a job yet doesn't mean you know you're capable of it. You'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah, true. All right. You guys, that was episode 107 of Please Advise. Thank you so much for listening. Madison, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Twitter, at Madison Perry. My name's spelled M-A-T-T-E-S-O-N. Last name's Perry, P-E-R-R-Y. The website is the same. You can buy my book. It's on audiobook. It's on uh, digital. It's on hardcover. I'm going to leave a couple for the I'm Please so Advise excited. Nation. Yeah, Please Advise Nation. Um, we are going to send you guys, if you uh, ask great questions, we're going to reward you with this book. So please be asking great questions. Um, what was I going to say to you? Oh, um, oh, come on, Molly. Did you read your audiobook? I did. I narrated it, yes. Was that, was that like a wild experience for yeah, you? Yeah, it was really hard. It's really draining to talk for like eight hours a day and to sound like yourself, but also speak at a pace that people can clearly understand and had to change a lot of the jokes that you realize only work on the page. So it was really, I don't think I would, if I wrote a novel, I would not narrate it because there are pros that are really good at it. But for a memoir, it was really fun. And I think it came out really well. I did that process for like some stupid ebook I wrote. And I have to say, I was like, I should have never put this on page. Like this should ju this should have always been an audio recording. Oh, I was yeah. like, I've found my place. <laughs> like this is where I should be reading books for a living. Yeah. Um, it is hard though. It's hard. Yeah, I got home and just like I had to go to bed at like eight. I was just so exhausted. All I did was sit down and talk. You did it in one day? No, it took three days, but the first day was like so draining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, you know, when you're driving home, you're not drunk or anything, but you're like, I don't know if I should be driving. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. So, like out of it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm afraid of driving for that reason. I'm yeah. always in that space. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to read your book. Thank and, you for having um, me. I'd love to have you back. I will come back anytime. I love telling people what to do. Will you come back with Jace? Yeah, I'd love awesome. to. We uh, sometimes we we both have Jettas, oh, the Jetta okay. boys. I oh. think a Jetta boys joint on the Police Advice yes. podcast would be pretty hot. I would love that. Do you live in Mid Wilshire? 
No, I okay. live very far west. A man with a Jetta felt like mid Wilshire to me. Um, so you just to you thought I was a twenty four year old gay man that lives at mid Wilshire is the impression I've put out, and I find this all a compliment. This is all, I'm like, thank you. I uh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought you were. I I rolled with it. I don't know why I thought that projection. Yeah, it was my connection with Wags. I think yes. Um, now I meant me. you, you're a very mature straight man and I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. Not that that's a goal. Um, all right. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Insult the guest on his way out the door. Um, no, you were great. Thank you so much for being here. You guys, I love you. Have a good week. <laughs>